All right, and we're going live right now. Three, two, one. Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to the Omarpreneur Live podcast, where I interview Muslim entrepreneurs at the top of their game. And today I have none other than Sister Marta Mariam Rosa. And I really want to introduce you this wonderful, successful sister who's been a CEO of international organizations and startups for the last 17 years. So definitely a veteran in the industry more than I am, much more experience and much more knowledge. And we'll take that knowledge and share it with you today. And during that time, I just want to share with you, she's fulfilled many roles, including operations, business strategy, branding, financial management, marketing, hiring, and so much more. She's really done almost everything you can do in a business. And her latest project is Noor and Zafir. And this is a modern Muslim lifestyle marketplace, which curates a number of Muslim lifestyle brands and products on a single platform Marta, thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for inviting me. It's really a pleasure. It has been, uh, I've always been a great uh, a fan of your uh, podcast. So I'm just extremely happy to be one of your guests. So thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> of course. And, it's uh, a pleasure. Amazing yeah, introduction. I I, uh, I feel very humbled when I just you know hear somebody telling so many good things about me. I mean, I've done a couple of things in my life. Yes, that's true. And I've always uh, you know taken things as they came. And uh, definitely, what I found very challenging um, um, things that I found challenging. Those are usually the the projects, the the organizations that I uh, felt really uh, you know fell in love with, and I started working with them. Uh, and for them, you know, so that's uh, that was always something that I, I was very much uh, attracted to something like the unknown, something that there was a problem and there was that needed to be solved. That's beautiful. That was a kind of that, like the, yeah, that's what that's what entrepreneurship boils down to, isn't it? Really? The end of the day, yes, because you have to always solve problems and you have to uh, figure things out. So uh, bottom line, this is what you have to do. And you are 24 seven busy with it so there's no uh, there's no day off that's true 100 percent. it's like your 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 business is your child essentially um and i, I want to ask you the first thing that i ask every single guest that joins and it, it helps us get connect with the guests more and also know more about them is i want you to share what is it that inspired you to take the journey of entrepreneurship versus having a career and working for someone else or other companies I think this is not a choice. You are or you aren't an entrepreneur, you know, because if if you feel comfortable with the career, then most probably that's what you do. But if you don't feel comfortable with it, then probably you do something else. And then usually you end up, you know, inventing your own uh, businesses and uh, joining other businesses and helping them, uh, you know, set things up. And that's the entrepreneurial path, which is, I think it's, it's, it's for sure it's written, you know, I don't think we have a lot of choice in this. Hundred percent. What was the first? What was your first experience with that? With I mean, did you before have a career and then decide, you know what, I don't want to do this. I want to go into business. Or did you always know, <laughs> you know this is? I, I I'm going to start a business from from a young age. No, I I was not born into business business managers or business family at all. Um, I have started like I had a career, um, and I was growing very fast. And I was I think one of the biggest companies I worked for in the Netherlands was an IT company and it was in the top years of IT. I made an amazing career very fast and then suddenly I was one of the few female leaders in a small male team of leaders and then suddenly I just felt like am I 
you know, I know I can do it, but do I really like it? Do I really, really like it? And the answer was no. This is not what I would really dream about like every day. I'm sure there's a lot of things that Gibi can do, but uh, at the end of the day, you want to um, do something that, you know, make creates a change and uh, you feel that all the knowledge you have makes sense and you can use it in order to create that change. And within an organization, even if you're in a leadership position, you are one of the many, even if it's just the one of a handful, but you know, you're not alone and your decision is not that impactful. Um, you're, uh, you have to always deal with politics, deal with, you know, everything that has, you know, goes within an organization as such. And I think that that was not my nature at all. I kind of like the more the adventurous types to hang out with as well. Also the ones who had bold ideas, who kind of came, came with really crazy ideas. And then suddenly I would think, okay, let's try to figure out like, how can we do this? And then, you know, my brain started working and then I started to think about putting the puzzle, starting to create the puzzle. And then um, starting to reach out in my network, starting to build my network so that you can, you know, make the impossible possible because that was actually the only thing that was really interesting for me. That, that's, that's amazing, Tiran. That's usually what think, happens. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, please continue. No, no, I just wanted to say like this is, I think for every entrepreneur is the same. This is what you do because you kind of like, you just end up in this, I don't know, and but I want to do it Yeah. kind of mental state. And then you kind of, you will have to use all the, all the knowledge, all your uh, skills to make sure that you get there. Yeah, and I think, uh, to be honest with you, that's really what the journey is about, is that no one starts off knowing what they need to know to grow their business. I think we all have to figure it out along the way, and that's part of the beauty of the journey. And I really think being an entrepreneur, it's not about the business you create. It's about the person you become through that journey, uh, based on the things that you have to learn and the challenges that you face. So can definitely relate to that. Now, I want to ask you, sister, what has been the inspiration behind now creating your latest project of Noor and Zafir. What inspired you to create this? Several things. Um, when I had my first chat with you, I told you that I, I was not born Muslim. So yeah. I think that is the um, one of the things when you kind of enter a new world, literally, I enter this new world of Islam and everything with it. You know, so there's so many things I had to learn. There's so many things that I had to figure out. I had to change. I had to... You know, deep, in, deep inside, I didn't have to change anything. I think that was the good part. But uh, there were some practical things. And there were, for example, dresses. I was suddenly going, you know, I was looking for dresses, but something that I really liked and not dresses that I, I thought like, hmm, this is from a previous generation. And I actually, I don't fancy it. I would not put, them, put it on or anything like that. And then suddenly I started looking to other kind of products, other kind of things in for daily life. And then I figured out that there's not so many out there. And that was maybe back 10 years ago. Since then, a lot has changed because a lot of amazing new companies uh, um, have been born. They have uh, came up with amazing ideas where you have the crossover of, you know, let's say modernity, but with a big influence of Islam, with, uh, you know, uh, keeping the Islamic values, but with a beautiful... Um, beautiful look, beautiful design, um, you know, literally tailored for the modern lifestyle. 
and it doesn't matter where you come from, it is very suitable and very appealing. So, so suddenly, you know, back then these products were hardly to be found. And then I started looking for them and I started looking for the companies and started looking for other people. Do they have the same kind of thing that they cannot find what they're looking for? And I found many other people who had the same problem. And, um, and then I started looking into the market, you know, do Amazon sell it or, you know, or, or is it on Alibaba or, you know, are there any companies and any, any other companies doing it? So I did a huge research. I've studied the literally the global market and, um, I also came up with the idea. I think I should be I should be the one doing it, and I'm sure there are other people who have done it and who have tried it and who are doing it. But um, the special thing about our platform, Noranzafir.com, is that we have um, a curated quality modern Muslim lifestyle products. We want to go for the quality, and we also want to go for products that are definitely made by Muslims. So whenever you buy a product, you're also supporting another Muslim business. So your money goes back to the ummah and you make that other family, that other business grow. And if you all do that together, then there's a lot of businesses, you know, growing at the end of the end of the day. And this is, I think, the also the responsibility. This is even even beyond charity, you know, because when you give zakat is one thing, but this is literally you're growing your from within you're growing the community and i think this is also our responsibility 100 percent, and i think that's also part of what we do with our movement of nurturing muslim entrepreneurship and why it's so important because through entrepreneurship we can grow these businesses that support our community and that support the changes that we want to see in the world essentially and really put drive a change for good and there's a few things that you mentioned that i wanted to touch upon that i think we're all curious to hear about uh, and before I touch upon what you mentioned about your brand, I want to touch upon your story about becoming a Muslim, because I think every single person loves to hear the story behind how someone became a Muslim, why they became a Muslim. So can you briefly just share with us what is it that actually, you know, drove you to research and discover Islam and what made you decide to join and, and be a Muslim, essentially? I think, um, you know, I really feel very shy when I have to talk about this. I, I tell you <laughs> true, and I'm not a shy person, but I, I, I feel this is such an intimate thing as well. It's yeah. such a personal, it's a personal choice. It's a, it's an inner path that you're following. Um, it is, um, I can almost say it's nobody else's business, which is absolutely true. But at the same 100%. time, I do like to share it with other Muslims. You know, because, um, but anyway, so where do where did I start and how the journey started? I think it's, um, I've been working with a lot of Muslims um, um, prior to becoming a Muslim. And I've been working in arts, um, been um, surrounded always with Muslim, non-Muslim artists as well. Um, I've been looking into the um, second generation European Muslims, the arts, that they were creating. I were looking, uh, we were organizing um, um, festivals and events around that. We were um, organizing also um, uh, a festival where you had uh, the overview of the contemporary uh, um, uh, performing arts uh, from the Arabic, uh, from all Arabic countries plus Iran. Um, and so I traveled a lot in the region, in the Middle East. I traveled, um, and I was surrounded by, uh, by a lot of Muslims where it was for them like such a natural thing to be Muslim, but there was, 
there was something always that intrigued me. Um, and then later on, um, I met my husband who was born Muslim. Um, uh, and uh, through him, I embraced Islam. So through him, I met a lot of um, teachers. I um, learned a lot. It's still, I'm still at the very beginning of that journey because so much to learn and so much to, uh, uh, you know, discover. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I don't even know what else to say, but I just, <laughs> I just want to say that I, I'm, I'm so happy that I, that it happened to me. Um, I was not religious before at all. It was, um, but it was not new to me being religious because I went to a religious school, high school. So actually I was always surrounded by people who were, um deeply believers and i had always like an admiration for some of my good friends who were deeply religious and i and i always you know they were very clever very rational very intelligent and very religious at the same time you know and it kind of always uh i think many people think like once you're you know science religion is opposite I mean, science is opposite to religion and rationalism is opposite to religion, but not necessarily. And yeah. uh, I have known people from other religions who have, uh, you who had, had had that both. And that I always find, um, I think just, the, the, I, I find all of them very rich somehow, you know, and there was a depth to everything they did. And there was this, um, very strong, um, I don't even know how to say it, but like in, in their character, there was something unvincible, you know? Mm -hmm. it, and I think that comes through strong belief that it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what's happening around you. It's all fine. And it's all in the hands of Allah. And it's all in the hands of uh, somebody a lot bigger than you. And you just, you just have to... Um, you know, follow the journey that is given to you and uh, believe. Hundred percent, definitely, and I think faith is. Uh, it's funny because a lot of entrepreneurs, once they go through this journey and once they build businesses, I feel like entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs in general. There's this common theme that I see between entrepreneurship and faith, and even when people don't necessarily, even if it's not for for Islam, embracing Islam, or being a Muslim, a lot of entrepreneurs that could be even Christians or Jewish or from other faiths will at some point or another find faith to be a part of their lives through their journey of entrepreneurship and an essential part of their lives. And I think even for people who don't necessarily follow religion, they, they gravitate towards something, whether it's a universal consciousness or whatever term they want to attribute to it. But they, they always tend to fall back on a certain belief because I feel like with entrepreneurship, there is just so much unknown and there is always so much happening and so many challenges that you face that you really have no choice but to have some sort of faith. Because if you don't have faith, then what do you have to keep you going on this journey? Right. And and I think yeah, that's uh, important. Please go for it. No, no, I, just, I, I totally agree with you. And I think it's it's not it's it's again, you feel very small. You know, you feel very small. You know that you can do it, but it's not you doing it. You know, you just put everything uh, you know, one step and another step and another step within your capacities. Mm -hmm. But somebody's guiding you. You know, there is something else. Because how would you know? Yeah. And you truly feel that. And you truly feel the concept of risk 
when it comes to being an entrepreneur and a business owner, where you really feel like, wow, when you land a client, when something happens, like, wow, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like God has granted me this risk, has granted me this uh, providence from him. And you truly feel that, you know, when, when I used to work a, a job, I didn't really feel it like that concept, because it's like that paycheck's coming in at the end of the two weeks, and it's kind of automated, and it's all good. But when you're kind of working so hard and you're like, God, please, like, let me just land this one client. I need it for this month. And then it happens and you're like, ah, and you're so thankful. You truly feel that you feel like providence comes from God. Right. And you, you really experience that in your life in a different way. I feel as an entrepreneur. Um, and it really, for me personally, at least I felt like it has served to strengthen my faith very much. Definitely. Yeah. And I think you are, uh, I think gratitude is again, a very important one, you know, uh, yeah. throughout the journey of entrepreneurship, because you know that there is nothing you own there is nothing at the end of the day is nothing you have and whatever that comes in your path you have to be very grateful for that yeah definitely and that falls into what you do with Noor and Safir as well and let's bring this all back full circle which is you've decided to create a marketplace a platform for these Muslim business brands for these Muslim products these lifestyle products Versus creating your own and deciding, you know, I want to start my own thing and I want to get my own sort, you know, sort where sourcing and suppliers and my own brand. You, you, you decided, let me support others. Let me support other brands and bring them all on a platform. What drove that decision versus creating your own? Because you have the experience to create your own. Exactly. But I have always, to tell you the truth, I've always been a facilitator. I have always been someone who likes to bring things together and who likes to make sure that um, um, needs are fulfilled somehow. So I think it's, again, in my nature. That's just my path, simply. So it was not even something that I had to make a choice between whether I'm going to create my own brand, creating my own products or facilitating in this sense it was just for me not even a question it was for me the question of how am i going to bring that all together because there's a lot of muslim consumers looking for products and there's a lot of muslim brands looking to uh, uh to market their products so i was just looking at you know one side and the other side and then how to bring that together yeah and i think really that that is the truest form of supporting you know, the community and supporting other brands when you try to actually find a way to create a platform to support these businesses versus trying to be just another competitor. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you're thinking bigger picture and that's always inspiring to see. And do you feel through that, that we need to promote and nurture entrepreneurship as Muslims in the Muslim moment? Do you feel like this is something that maybe is lacking that we need to, we need to encourage a little bit more? Okay, so maybe I can tell you a lot about the people that I met during this journey within the Muslim community, because uh, obviously there's a lot of brands out there and I've been talking to a lot of uh, founders of these brands. And uh, I have also discovered that a lot of young people, there's a lot of women among them, whether they started with babies crying and um, they are running between the business and um, uh, and their uh, babies in the house, or it's, uh, com you know, it's combining, especially now in COVID time, I think everybody's working from home. So it's quite of a quite a, kind of a challenge for everybody to manage the business and the private life. Uh, but there are a huge group of young people who are uh, empowering actually each other and they are they are the ones behind these new brands, yeah. and I am so happy to see that because I think, you know, this is when you say that's the spirit because this is the only way to make change. Yeah, definitely. And you're serving to nurture that. And I want to ask you, with your perspective, 
because this is something that we do, Almapreneur. This is literally the reason for our, behind our existence, nurture entrepreneurship in the Muslim Ummah. And I want to ask you, as, as entrepreneurs, the Muslims that you found, do they all have a certain quality in common that you feel should be encouraged? Do, you, do they have something that maybe a certain fire, a certain inner passion that should be nurtured, that deserves to be grown and, and taken care of? I want to get your perspective on that. It's a difficult one because, I mean, I might not meet everybody. So obviously mm. I cannot, you know, draw the very, very big picture. I can just, uh, you know, have a just a slice of the cake, what I've seen and uh, look at that. Um, what I have seen is that um, there there are a lot of people with uh, new ideas. There are many people, many, I think many people have had a career, even for a short time, worked with a big company, and that's where they learned how to do certain things. And they have decided to put that knowledge into something that is closer to their heart and closer to their own religion. Um, usually it has been, um, I, th I think I hear it from many people, like in their previous jobs, they, they have always been surrounded by people who were not, not Muslims. So the, being a Muslim for them, it was, it was, it was like not even, you were invisible. You know, you're invisible and because you're invisible, you are not fully in it. But when you can do something which is connected 100% with you as a Muslim and you're creating, for example, a product or you're creating a business or a service, whatever kind of um, you know business that is, um, and it is for Muslims and you can just be who you are, literally, I think that is very empowering for all Muslims in general. Yeah. And I think that's what I've seen um from other entrepreneurs that they have felt a kind of like relief when they have also realized that i can do it this way but this is not the easy way so they have also chosen a way that um um yeah you have to build up your business and you have to struggle and um you might not have have you know might not earn a lot of money and uh, maybe your idea is not the not the one but you have to figure it out you have to keep on working on it and improving it until you get it so I think then that's uh, that's a journey for many. Uh, what I've also heard from people that uh, some people had the experiences that they had the previous jobs, and in those jobs they, you know, they could be hundred percent the professional, but not combining with who they were, and that the lack of that was always bothering them somehow. And with some people, something personal happened to them. And that made them change their mind and say like, okay, now it's time to move on and leave this behind and start something which is more related to me being a Muslim. Yeah, and I think that's honestly the biggest thing that I listen to as well and that I hear when speaking to uh, Muslim entrepreneurs that want to start businesses and we get on these conversations, we get on these calls and I ask them the question of, you know, how long have you been thinking of starting a business? What is the purpose behind starting a business for you? And a lot of them, I mean, I was just talking to a sister uh, yesterday and she was telling me about how she works in the fashion industry. And, you know, even though she was in a high position, she worked with other colleagues who, when it came to pitching a client, would be able to join that meeting. But because she wore the hijab, she was never invited to join the meeting. Her boss would just present her work for her. And I don't know if they wanted to maintain a certain image or whatnot, but these things do happen. They're very real and they still happen to this day. And so... A lot of people get fed up. A lot of Muslims get fed up and they realize, you know what? Well, um, if I can't, if, if there's no space for me, 
in this company, then I'm going to create my own. And you, there is a pro and con to that. The pro is, yes, you make your own rules. The con is be ready for a very tumultuous and challenging journey. It will be very rewarding, more than you can ever imagine, but it will also be harder than you could ever imagine. Yeah, for sure. Because it's also 24-7 and you are your own boss, but you are also your worst enemy. So yeah. it's everything in one. So that's uh, definitely something. But I think um, what I have also heard from a lot of Muslim entrepreneurs is that um, finding something that um, can give space for their Muslim identity is already such a relief, you know, for many of them. And obviously, if uh, you have the great business idea, you will manage, and you will, you know, you will, be, you will be able to, uh, you will be able to, um, uh, you know, grow your company, and then, you know, make it a success. But even if the ones who, for whatever reason, they might not be the entrepreneurs who they thought they were, they would learn things. And if you would go back to any career, I think you will take that definitely with you. So taking the knowledge of you can really be yourself and you can just be the religious yourself or you can just be the spiritual yourself or you can just be the, the Muslim yourself, whatever that might be, with all the contradictions around you, I think um, you know that's definitely a lesson from entrepreneurship because yeah. that's, um, you know, and if you're an entrepreneur then, and, and if you just keep on going, then obviously you will learn a lot more and um, you will see the challenges of it again but then from a different side it's not now this time is not because you're muslim you will have the challenges but you will have other challenges that are yeah. maybe not even related to being muslim but just just because you're running a business simply yeah definitely challenges that we all experience on a daily basis and i want to ask you uh sister marta because you've started and grown many companies before as ceo and i want to ask you in your opinion what is the most important quality that a successful entrepreneur should have or should strive for um, yeah, I think uh, diligence. I always wanted to say it's not true, but it is very true. I think you just have to keep on doing, keep on doing. You have to keep the faith. You have to, you know, reflect on the thing. You have to, you know, correct yourself continuously. You have to be flexible. You have to make sure that uh, you learn from your mistakes. You are very critical with yourself, with your mistakes. Um, you surround yourself always with people who know a lot more than yourself. They can help you. So those are definitely... And um, at the same time, I think as an entrepreneur, um, you have... that there is a certain amount of luck that has to be on your path. Yeah. That has always, you know, be a little bit of a question for me. Is that luck or what is it? You know, I think we can leave it there. Yeah. Is it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guiding us and uh, he's showing us the way and he's revealing what has to be revealed at the moment that it has to be revealed um, or we just call it luck, you know? Yeah, definitely. And some people call it like some people call it providence. Some people call it whatever they want to call it. But uh, we all know as Muslims, you know, that everything that happens is written for you and it's part of your journey and there's a purpose behind it all. Uh, and I think that also creates some reassurance as Muslims um, that through it all, I, life is happening for you, not to you. Right. And through everything that happens, there's a lesson to be had. 
Now, I want to ask you a question, and uh, this one is more for me, so I'm going to be a little bit selfish with this one because having a team to support you on your mission as a business owner is so important, right? And even with Noor and Zafir, you've created a wonderful team, mashallah, and you guys have a full lifestyle market, Muslim lifestyle marketplace, and you also are working on creating a, a magazine, which we'll talk about in a minute. Now, I want to ask you, before we talk about those things, in terms of building the team, <laughs> What is it that you look for when you're making those hiring decisions? When you're when you're making those decisions based on who you should choose to help you on your journey as an entrepreneur, to help you accomplish your business mission? Just very simply, the right people. The people who are true, who are honest, and who are with you. You know, I think that's the most important. They can be very knowledgeable, but they are just they will not stick with you. They can be very egoistic and absolutely professionals, those are not the ones you're looking for. You have to look for true people. And those are the people who you will stay with and you they will stay with you as well. You know, you want to, it's like you create your family somehow. You know, you create the people and the culture, this is what they usually say that the business culture is dictated by the ones who are in the leading pos leadership position. So if you nurture your people, you will have, you know, a, a, the good team. If you're not nurturing your team, whoever you have, they will leave you or they will cheat on you or they will, they will fail mm -hmm. and you will fail the company and you will, you know, so they will not be a success. So whatever you do, I think team, as you said, it is, I think it's one of the most essential things, the choice of people who you work with. First you, of all, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You know, it, like, like I'm just, just one thing about it. Like, I think every time you choose a person, um, I think loyalty is number one. Yeah. And obviously, is, you look for professionals. Okay. So let's say like it's in a professional context, you're, when you're looking for a social media um, uh, content creator, you, you know, you don't need a loyal mathematician at, for that position. So let's just put it into, in, into, its, uh, into its place. But uh, you do have to have the right, uh, right knowledge, but with the, just uh, humbleness, people have to have the same character at the same time they have to, the willingness to learn, the, um, when they commit mistakes, they have to be able to admit that. So there's no place for egos, especially when you're building a business. If it's full of egos, your business will fail. You know, all these kind of things. But I think it's, it's a kind of, they should be your friends, but they shouldn't be your friends, you know? It's, it's a big family where you will be supporting each other, inshallah, for a long time. And that's what you want. That's your. That's what you're looking for. Inshallah, definitely. And I completely agree with everything you said. And I want to ask you because this is a question that I had on my mind. And it's, well, let's say you're hiring for a position such as a social media manager. Would you prioritize more the values and their passion for the brand and for what you're doing, or the knowledge and their skills? Like, for example, candidate one has like amazing. Uh, an amazing experience with social media, but they're, you know, they're, they're impartial to your purpose and your brand, but someone else loves what you're doing, wants to be part of it, but they don't necessarily have the skills. Who would you prioritize? Well, obviously the one who has the passion for it, because that person will learn very fast. Mm. Got it. And because and you're passionate about something, you know, you're going to make things happen. If you're not passionate about it, you just go home. And you forget about, forget, forget about whatever you were working on. And those are not the people who, to build with. And you're looking for other people who want to build with you. 
and you want to stay with you on your journey and they want to help you build and they come up with ideas and they are also intrigued to come up with ideas and they want to grow and they are curious. You know, you want this curiosity, you want this energy around you as well, where, you know, you don't feel alone at the end of the day because as, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're always curious. You always want to know more. You always have the feeling that you have no idea and you have to kind of like learn and you have to look for different um other, other people who would teach you something yeah you know that's true and um and i think if you're surrounded both so the people who are curious you know that they are fast learners they will be fast learners obviously they have to have the set of skills skills but curiosity takes you far and passion takes you even further and diligence you know above all takes you really really far but the combination of all this Hundred percent, and I think uh, that's essentially how I make my decisions based on hiring. And I think that is how everyone should make it because sometimes we get lost in, you know, making sure we have the best person in terms of their experience, and they're going to absolutely crush it in the position. But then they join, and they're not passionate about it, so they they kind of do their work, and when it's when it's done, it's done, and they just, as you mentioned, they leave and they disconnect. Whereas someone that's passionate can learn what they need to learn, and they can also bring contribution which I think is so important. And I think that is one thing as entrepreneurs that we need is we need other people to bring new ideas to the table. We don't just want people to come and work. We're not this big company where we have specific roles. We want people to come in and bring new ideas and bring their own perspectives on how to grow the brand, how to grow the business. I think that's so important. Exactly. And I think, you know, um, entrepreneurs stay young forever because you stay curious. And I think if you surround yourself with people, no matter what age, but with the same kind of curiosity, you keep each other young as well. And you keep each other, you know, you, you, you'll keep on learning. You keep on inspiring each other. You keep on find, looking for things that inspire you. You keep on for, you know, adding things into the whole, whole journey of um, um, discovery, let's say. And I think that's the only way to create the team that will, you know, make wonders, literally. Definitely, 100%. I want to and ask I you right to admit, now. I yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I please, have to I just want to really, in addition, and just I just really have to say, like, I have an amazing team. I have an amazing team from um, coming from literally Lebanon. Um, uh, one of the ladies who was um, she's not with us. She was an intern, but the moment when the bombings were happening in Lebanon, she was with us and doing the social media. And you know, it it, it was we had people from Iran when they were closing, uh, working with us when they were closing down the the internet because of the coronavirus. We had you know even in these these days, we have been working with people from all over the world, and literally we've been connected with everything happening around them as well so it does become a bit of a family and it does become also um an extended family where you kind of like uh you know uh come back to to each other again and i'm sure that even if the years will pass uh, pass by we will all remember each other even if we would not be working together but we will be somehow connected and i think that's what it is about at the end of the day because if you have anybody working with you and I can teach even a tiny bit and they will take it along their journey and they can benefit from it, I'm already extremely happy because I have had the, I have had the possibility to contribute to someone else's business or life or whatever circumstances they are in. You know, and I think entrepreneurship is also about mainly about giving. You know, you want to 
go and, you know, you are a go-getter at the end of the day, but you want to make sure that you are not a taker, you are a giver. That's so important. That's such a it's such an important shift in perspective and a shift in mindset that we need to adopt. And I completely agree with you in that if you're truly building a culture and a team uh, the right way, then it should feel like a family that's all on this journey together to grow. And yes, sometimes people won't be the right fit eventually, and you might have to change members. Some of them might move on to other places, and you know they might just move on to another career path or another business and that's completely okay but when you nurture that they will always have a positive experience about your business and your brand and working with you and i think that's so important at the end of the day agree totally agree definitely so i want to talk about something uh as well that uh i wanted to bring up and it's with Nur and zafir and it's you guys are creating a muslim lifestyle marketplace (laughs) you have products now let me ask you because we have a lot of Muslim entrepreneurs here that listen to this podcast that you know will listen on Spotify or watch on YouTube. What is it that you look for when accepting new brands on your platform? Let's say someone is curious about joining the platform; they want to be part of it. What is it that you should they should keep in mind in terms of your criteria who you accept? Okay, so it's very simple, and uh, the platform is very easily accessible. There's only one really important thing for us that counts is that the company has to be professional. Professional, it doesn't mean that you have to be a big company. You just have to be taking your business very seriously. You get an order, you have to deliver. You make pictures, they have to be high quality pictures. You know, So in every aspect of your company, you have to have a professional um, attitude. And then it doesn't matter if it's a, a single person running a company or it's a medium-sized business or it's a large business they all have to have this in common, this quality, quality in the product, quality in the surface, service. And above all, the products have to have um, Islamic uh, values. Yeah. So that's, um, I think that's all about it. And most probably all these, uh, especially when it is tailored for, for modern Muslims, then it does have a bit of a modern design. Let's put right. it that way. Beautiful. And so- but I think quality, quality above all, that's, that's the most important. And that makes complete sense. I mean, you wouldn't want a brand, uh, again, because a lot of people were like, yeah, I'm starting a product business. And then they like, you know, open up a drop shipping store and they like copy paste the photos and they think, okay, let me, this is good enough. But what we're looking for, what you're looking for is really people who are 100% all in on their business and want to deliver something of value that is unique, that is beautiful, that is modern, and to serve their customers to their, to their best ability. Yeah, exactly. I think you put it like with very beautiful words, but this is exactly what it is. It may, you know, somebody who is committed to what they do um, already makes, uh, you know, that's that's the, the, the that's the quality we are looking for yeah. in in the service uh, in the service definitely, and in the product. Um, obviously, it has to be uh, again. The more unique, the better, you know. Uh, because there are so many niches within um, within the lifestyle Muslim lifestyle market, there is so many nice, interesting um, uh, products and possibilities of new products that I think if somebody really is looking for a companies to start and products to do, I think they should just really look around and not start a hijab shop because there's I think millions of them already, <laughs> but there's so many other things that they can do. Um, and I'm sure that there is consumers out there who are looking for that as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think this is this market is a growing market, uh, the Muslim uh, consumer market. And I think uh, the more products we can bring that tailor to it, as you mentioned, not just 
the ones that we're used to, like hijabs, but innovative new products, the more we can, you know, cater to that market and prove to consumers and even to, I would say, big box corporations and retailers that this is a market that is worth serving and that has lots of potential and you're doing that. And I pray that you will be the leader in that, inshallah. Now, I want to ask you, are you accepting new providers, new retailers onto your platform right now? If someone listening to this, they're like, you know what, I think I meet that criteria. How, how should they apply? Are, they, are you accepting new people right now on your platform? Definitely, definitely. On a daily basis, we have um, um, quite a number of companies every day from all over the globe. So we are open to um, new registrations. It's very simple. You go to the website, uh, com and register as a seller. So you register as a seller, you go through the procedures, um, you have a check. Uh, I mean, our team will check whether, you know, your company um, website or your Instagram, you don't necessarily have to have a website, but you can even have an Instagram page or an Insta shop. But if these uh, criteria are fulfilled, um, what we can see and in the communication that we do have with you, um, obviously you will be submitted and um, within a couple of days you can start your store and launch your business on on our platform. More than welcome. So we are definitely welcoming new businesses and um, the more the better. Uh, and, uh, give a lot of choices of amazing Muslim products. Beautiful, beautiful. I want to ask you, what is the vision for Nuran Zafir right now? Because you, I know you have a magazine that you're working on that is launching soon, inshallah. Um, so is there anything else you're working on? Can you tell us about the magazine and about your future vision for the brand? So um, we have, during this journey of uh, meeting a lot of entrepreneurs, um, uh, creating new brands, we have also met a lot of uh, content creators. And during this journey, we have also discovered that there is a lot to tell. And there are already a lot of magazines out there. There's already a lot of platforms out there. Um, but we have thought, I think there is not really one that looks just simply at lifestyle. And um, I don't want to say that we want to be the Vogue, Vogue or the Harper's Bazaar. I don't have those, you know, that's not exactly the ambition we have. But we want to create something that is not political, not heavily religious. Obviously, we have Islam as the common, you know, common ground. Uh, but we don't want to uh, focus on uh, religious issues or political issues in our uh, magazine. So we want to eliminate that and keep all the everyday stuff, which can be... Uh, um, traveling for Muslims, uh, uh, kids, parenting, marriage, um, influencers, any kind of lifestyle topics, um, all those kind of things we embrace in the magazine. So it's going to be, you know, amazing recipes. There is no other religion culturally so diverse as Islam. So I think there's a lot of recipes to share. Uh, it doesn't matter from which part of the world someone is, uh, there will be always someone out there who uh, who has amazing stories to tell, whether it's about traveling or, uh, you know, showcasing extraordinary Muslims uh, in business or, you know, setting up organizations or just helping other people in the community. I mean, we are just going, um, we want to make it very accessible. We want to have the you know, cre create, help to create the positive narrative, but from within, simply. And whoever wants to join this, join us in this journey is also welcome to join. We are always looking for uh, content contributors, videographers, whoever has a story to tell, more than welcome. 
That's beautiful, mashallah. And as well with this, do you know when it's going to be launching, when people can expect to subscribe, to follow the magazine? And also, where should someone go if they want to publish content and be part of it? Okay, so it's again on the same website, uh, norenzafir.com has a Got section it. below, uh, the Muslim Lifestyle Magazine. You can already um, uh, click on it, and there are a couple of articles. We haven't launched it officially. There's some tiny little bit details that we, we want to um, finalize, and I think within a week we will go live. So it, uh, it's almost there. It's Beautiful. almost out there. And we have amazing content contributors from all over the globe who are um, writing on all these topics. So um, whether it's um, spirituality, somebody sh sharing a spiritual journey that they, um, you know, they have, or somebody sharing about parenting um, as a professional or a non-professional, there are all different kind of people uh, contributing already to the magazine. That's awesome, mashallah. That's beautiful. And I'm excited to hear about this and to know about this and be part of it as well. And definitely, hopefully help you guys in terms of growing this and putting the word out there. So guys, you heard it yourself. If you are a content creator, then go and check out neuronsafir.com and participate and create and publish content. And if you are someone who instead sells amazing, unique products that cater to Muslims, also check out their website and make sure to drop your application. Now, I want to ask you one of our final questions that we ask our guests before we dive into our Q&A, where we take some questions from our live audience. Now, this is one that I like to ask every single guest that I have on this podcast. And it's if you could meet Marta from 17 years ago when she just started on her journey of entrepreneurship, she didn't know where she was going just yet. Um, maybe she wasn't Muslim just yet. I'm not sure when when it is that you uh, you converted, but I want to know what is one thing that you will tell her to help her on this journey to maybe something that she can hold on to. Is there something that you could tell her? This is a difficult one. I think um, I remember other people were telling me slow down, but I, I think I never slowed down. I never listened to that. Um, and if it's, you know, it's, if it's, I always stayed curious. I always stayed, um, you know, when you're passionate about things, there is no slowing down. There is no, um, yeah, that you're just, um, I don't know. You're just incredibly, um, motivated to find new ways. And I think I've always had that. And I always had that as a child as well. And I remember that in, in school, I had that already, you know, even if I was never thought I would become an entrepreneur, I think I was not even conscious of what an entrepreneur was really, you know, uh, I was surrounded by intellectuals and I was surrounded by, you know, very knowledgeable people. So I, maybe I thought I would become a psychologist or I would become, you know, something like that, but not an entrepreneur. Um, but 17 years ago, I think, um, the only thing I, I, obviously, when you are young, in general, you know, the world is so big, you know, there is endless possibilities. But I think I would rather say to the, I would, I would rather have to do, you know, an advice to the older ones in general to say, like, never lose that childish, child, childish curiosity, never lose that childish attitude in life to keep on figuring things out and questioning things and, um, you know, um, curiosity and, and solutions and putting things together 
I, I think that. that's 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 the only thing that I I think I I still have and I hopefully always will have inshallah. All right, and I inshallah, and I think that is such an important quality to have um, as an entrepreneur. And you mentioned that people were telling you to slow down, and you ever did, and I think. I can relate to that. And I don't think you should. I think you should always speed up. But that's my opinion. That's my personal opinion. A lot of people will disagree with me on that. It's funny because we had uh, two episodes ago, we had this discussion surrounding work-life balance. And um, I was I was obviously the one rooting for kind of, it's a bit hard to achieve work-life balance as an entrepreneur. It's For me, it's, it's not, it, you'll never get 100% balance. So it's about <laughs> what is your priority, right? Um, but some people will disagree with me on that. I mean, what's your opinion on that real quick? I mean, if we talk about work-life balance, do you feel like it's achievable achievable as an entrepreneur? It's a difficult one. It's a very difficult mm-hmm. one. I think uh, uh, because, you know, being a boss means also that it's your responsibility. You know, whatever happens is your responsibility. You know, so at the end of the day, you have to keep on checking it all the time. Whoever does what, you are the one who will just be the one who makes sure it has been done the way that you wanted to, you know, have it. Unless you have a multi-billion company and you are, uh, you know, you are not actively involved in day-to-day business. But as long as you are involved in a day-to-day business, um, I think there's no other, there's no other way. I have never met an entrepreneur who has not been 24/7 busy with the business. The only thing you have to do is because you want to keep your family and you want to also give to your family and be with your children and your husband and. Uh, and all the other ones around you. So you just have to once in a while make time. And maybe making time sounds like it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, 24 hours in one go. But if you just keep on giving um, attention to the people around you, uh, and whenever you give attention, it's full attention. I think that's the key. You know, you are 100% with them. You will not pick up your phone. You will not check your messages. You were not, you just put that away. You switch off and just be with them. And I think um, that's the only way, you know, even if it's for an hour or even if it's for 10 minutes, if somebody gives you full attention, that's worth a life, you know. And I think if you can just give that, because people the closest to you, those are the ones who are supporting you all the way along. There's nobody else doing so much than your own family. I think you definitely have to give them at least a bit of your, you know, and as much as you can, obviously. Definitely. I completely agree. And I think what you said, it, what you said it is bang on, which is it's about, uh, it's about the quality, not necessarily the quantity. And to make sure that that quality is there, the focus is there, the attention is there, 100%. Yes. Completely agree with that. And yeah. so let's dive into some audience questions before we wrap up, guys. So for all of you watching right now, if you have any questions for Sister Marta, if you have questions about Noor and Zafir, about their platform, about e-commerce, about Muslim lifestyle as a brand, or even in terms of content, if you have questions about their future, their vision, anything at all, I want you to drop it in the comments right now for our Q&A portion. We're going to start with one that came in a little bit earlier from our audience We touched upon it slightly in the podcast, but I'd love to get your answer once more on this. And we have a viewer. Let me see if I can pull up the comment real quick here. And she says, beautiful comment. She says, thank you for sharing your experiences. I'm inspired. And her question is, when hiring effective people to work with, what are your top tips? I find this process at times lengthy and overwhelming. So when hiring effective people to work with, what are your top tips? Do you have anything more to give her? Well, um, it is 
you know, you've got a whenever you announce that you're looking for people, you will get a lot of answers. So you have to filter and that takes time. So um, the better your description is with the most criteria you can think of, um, the fastest you can select to start with. And even though people will react to no matter what you ask, they would be reacting even if they would not be a match, you will know that, but you will, because you already know very well what are the criteria from your side, you will be very, very quickly knowing that, that um, is this a match or not, you know? So the selection procedure will go just very fast. And obviously you have to um, um, probably just choose the ones that are 100% your, your match. And then um, you will always have people who you have doubt with, doubt about because of the CVs. Um, and what we have said earlier is a CV can be an amazing, well-written CV, but the person behind it is not the one you're looking for. So you always have to take that in consideration that you might have an amazing CV, but maybe that's not gonna be the person who you're gonna hire. Maybe somebody with a lesser CV will, will be the one for you. So yeah. uh, always take care of those ones who you might think it could be a match, let's give it a try. And obviously you have to be you know, selective enough to uh, not to end up with 100 interviews. So I try to narrow it down to maybe 10, um, you know, but uh, keep those ones in there who might not have the most appealing CVs, uh, you know, CVs. Yeah, and just to share my personal experience, I mean, we recently hired a social media manager um, with Omarpreneur and uh, we ended up going with the person with the least experience, but he was the most passionate and he was, you know, the most enthusiastic about the brand and about what we did and the purpose behind Omarpreneur. And so that's who we went with. And Alhamdulillah, it's been amazing so far. I haven't regretted it at all. And um, it, it just goes to uh, show the, the testament of what you're saying, which is a lot of times the right fit won't be the one with the greatest CV. It's going to be the one that has the most passion, that has the most ambition behind what you do, behind your business. Exactly, and maybe just going back to this, maybe a tiny tip, you yeah. can also ask someone, you know, there's like this old fashioned motivational letter. You don't necessarily want that, but you just want them to write a couple of sentences about like, why do you do they want to join you? Yeah. You know, just simply that. And that will already show the personality of someone. By reading Definitely. those answers, you will know whether you know, to interview this person or not. Yeah. yeah, a screening process is absolutely uh, key. I mean, it's a requirement or else you won't even know who to interview. So send build, build out a form, write down all these questions, have some in, that are relating to values, some that are relating to qualification and send it to the candidates that you think would be a good fit and that helps you screen them out and make sure to include the questions that Marta just gave you because there's some gold in there. Now we have one more question here from the audience. It's what is the one inherent skill any entrepreneurial spirit must have? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I kind of asked something slightly in the same line, but I want to know, is there, is there a different answer we can give here? Well, um, I think we have a little bit answered this question already. Yeah. Um, yeah, but still, I think the most important thing is as an entrepreneur, because I mean, I would like to ask that person back, are you an entrepreneur or are you thinking about becoming one? Because mm -hmm. if it's the thing I think, you know, if you're the case of I'm thinking about becoming one, um, then in that case, I would say, um, are you willing to give up everything you have now 
if you and if you say yes to that then you should start the journey of becoming an entrepreneur if you if you're not ready for yet then it doesn't matter what kind of skills an entrepreneur needs to have but maybe you are not ready yet and i think that's maybe the question to ask yourself and that's great advice, 100%. Definitely great advice. We got one more that I'm going to squeeze out of you since we have a few, a little bit more time. So if that's okay with you, I'm going to have one more from the audience. We have questions coming in nonstop. So I'm going to make sure that we get to a few, inshallah. So this one is, who would you recommend to supply produce my product? Uh, so there's actually three <laughs> questions in one. So let's let us let us see if we can go through them and see which one we, should, we want to answer. So who would you recommend to supply produce my product? So this is a vague question. So let's see what the others are. Does your platform serve worldwide? That's a good question that we can answer pretty quickly. Does it serve worldwide right now? Yes, it does. It does. We have um, sellers from all over the globe and we have consumers from all over the globe. So, and obviously as a seller, since on our platform, you can as a seller decide um, you are, so the orders come through us to you as a seller. So you okay. are going to be deciding which country you want to ship to and okay. which you are not. So then based on the country of the person on the platform, you'll be able to show them the brands that will ship to that area. Exactly, exactly. So whenever a brand, so whenever a new new brand joins us, it's also they're, they're free to decide on which countries they are shipping to. There's no obligation to, you have to be able to ship worldwide or you have to do certain things. No, there's none. Okay, beautiful. So the answer is that we got one more question in there that's packed in. It's if I have a new product, would you recommend I obtain patent on it before selling it or or should just start selling? Um, what, what's your answer on that? Well, I think it depends on what kind of product it is because exactly. um, a patent is usually expensive and a patent is usually something which is related more to inventions than, um, you know, you can register your trademark. That's That could be a, but depends on what kind of product you have, you know, so you might have a, maybe it's something scientific or it's literally an invention, then, it's, then you have to register a patent. And that's definitely highly advisable because otherwise your idea would be stolen and uh, your idea can be, could be copied. Then I would say yes to it. If not, it's uh, a trademark registration that uh, you're supposed to do. Beautiful. And I think and that's maybe a going back to the, Yeah, yeah maybe go I go back to the first question, which is uh, who yeah. would you recommend to supply produce your product? First of all, I would need to know what product you're talking about because um, since we don't know what the product is, it's very difficult to, to say, but feel free to approach me. I'm sure, Abby, you have somehow, yes. I'm, I'm not so sure how, but I am more than happy to answer all the questions afterwards and uh, people can um, just reach out to me. And uh, if you want to uh, elaborate more your question, I'm happy to help. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, you heard it right here. And in terms of supplying, as you mentioned, it's so it's it's a big question and it's so specific based on what you're supplying. I really like what product are you trying to to serve? And based on that, you know, who makes the best version of that and how much do they charge? What are the suppliers available? There's so much intricacies uh that that fall into that question that there needs to be a bit more um elaborated. But I would say as, as well, just to kind of complement what you answered, uh, Marta, and it's that uh, based on first figure out what is it that you want to build. So what kind of storage you want to build? What do you want to offer as a product, right? Who do you want to serve in terms of your niche? And then once you have that fully mapped out, then you go, you can go and look for the best suppliers to provide you with those products. You can do quality testing. You can order from different suppliers, a few samples, see which one is the best 
and then really pick the best one and then place those orders. And I think that's going to be an entire process, right? So make sure that you first start at square one, which is the foundation. Who are you serving? What do you want to provide? And then go from there. Uh, just to compliment what you answered, uh, Marta, as well. And I'll make sure that all the comments are there so that we can come back to them later, inshallah. So I think that's enough questions for this episode because we're running out of time. But I really wish I could ask you more. So hopefully, maybe in the future, inshallah, I know you guys are working on, I want to give a little bit teaser. You guys are working on something pretty big for next year, early next year. We're not going to reveal what it is yet, but maybe we can bring you back on, inshallah, once it's released to hype it up a little bit more. I think it's a very good idea. Shall I just maybe say one tiny thing about it? Please, yeah, go for Shall it. Shall I? Yeah, okay. So uh, we are working on a, um, actually one of our dream projects, which is a Muslim lifestyle event. And since everybody is online, we are going to do it online. So we don't have to travel um, and cross the oceans anymore uh, to, able, to be able to listen to amazing people. We try to bring it together on one platform, which will be... Uh, uh, live stream, um, all the talks, the panel discussions, the um, uh, workshops that we're going to host. And uh, it's going to be all about lifestyle, um, very accessible, very um, like literally everyday topics that I think everybody will be interested in. Uh, we have an amazing team working on it uh, already. Um, a huge amount of contributors who have uh, um, agreed on participating and uh, hosting shows and um, giving live demos, uh, workshops um, and about many, many things. So it's yeah. going to be a really amazing event, I have to say, yes, uh, <laughs> because it's done by amazing people from all over the globe. So all the speakers are bringing a piece of themselves and a piece of their business and they're going to showcase it. They showcase their knowledge. They showcase the expertise. And all these people will be available for whoever is visiting the uh, the event. Uh, everybody's details are there, so you can um, when whether you want to learn about certain things after the event. I think the event will be just the beginning of a, of another journey to uh, towards learning more, towards um, maybe. Um, finding out more about yourself or figuring out how to manage your marriage better and um, uh, share your ideas, share your worries, share your uh, questions with other people like you uh, in the community. So this is what we are aiming for. It's going to be um, in February, um, the event, the dates will be revealed very soon. So please keep um, uh, watching uh, our space on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and on uh, on our website. We will be announcing it very soon. Um, and I'm sure Abi will uh, somehow come back to this again. Inshallah, definitely. And I'm definitely going to release it in the group and everywhere once it's uh, fully launched and the date is set. And so maybe we can even bring you on closer to the date, Inshallah, back on this podcast to talk about it, to talk about the event and all that exciting stuff that's happening. So I'm sure we'll do that as well. And for everyone watching where can they go to follow you guys, to support you guys, to make sure that, you know, they want to join your platform or post content? I know you mentioned nuranzafir.com. Is there anywhere else that we can send them? Social media, Instagram, Facebook? Um, yeah, it's it's like everything at nuranzafir, uh, okay. just simply. And it's all, also on the website. So you can just go to the website, nuranzafir.com and click on um, any of these icons and links and uh, you will be directed redirected to those uh, to those platforms we are mainly active i think we are mostly active on instagram um kind of active on facebook not that much and all the other platforms are um 
maintained, but we are not extremely active. So I think Instagram is our home. Instagram. Got it, guys. So you yeah. heard it right here. Instagram at Noor and Zafir. N-O-O-R-A-N-D-Z-A-F-I-R and NoorandZafir.com. Marta, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast for taking the time to do this. And I know we had a little bit of issues with the video today, guys, but the audio was 100%. So I hope you still enjoyed it. Got amazing value. I know I did. And inshallah, we'll make sure to bring her back on to share more of her insight in the future. Thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for the opportunity. It was definitely a pleasure. And I'm just so happy that you, Abi, you are out there and you're nurturing this community because I think uh, it's so much, uh, there's so much need for this. And uh, you're doing a great job. And I, I know that, uh, you know, uh, your weekly podcast is definitely something that will grow, inshallah. And uh, you will be, uh, you know, the next generation of entrepreneurs will be under your wings. Inshallah. We honestly pray for that. And we hope that we can help nurture that movement. And that is literally the purpose behind everything we do. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for being part of it and joining me and helping me on this journey, sister. So I'm sure we'll be in touch again. And our audience will have more of you and your content, inshallah, in the future. So thanks again. Take care, guys. Assalamu alaikum. Okay. Wa alaikum salam. Assalamu alaikum, guys. You've just listened to another episode of the Omarpreneur Live podcast, where I interview Muslim entrepreneurs at the top of their game every single week and bring you golden nuggets and insights to help you on your journey of entrepreneurship. If you want to listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite audio platform. And if you haven't already, then make sure to rate us five stars and leave us a review so we can keep growing and bring you amazing episodes. See you next week. Assalamu alaikum.